Hello and welcome everybody to episode number three of the Completed Podcast, where we talk everything Magic the Gathering related with a focus on competitive magic with some friendly banter along the way. Today I have a new guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey everyone, I'm Xavier Walford. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Just moved out to the coast. Uh, happy to be on the team. Thank you, thank you. And we have a, you know, the 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 second voice of the podcast. Go ahead, go ahead. What up, what up? It's B Money. I'm back. Not that I never so, left, but <laughs> technically. So yeah, we do want to apologize for being absent last week. We had a we had a lot of personal stuff happen, but you know, life happens shit happens so let's go ahead and start pro tour all will be one how do we feel about it guys uh i think coverage was great i'm glad that it's back i watched almost every single minute of the entire pro tour i was basically glued to my phone at, at all times throughout the weekend so I was very happy to see Reed Duke finally win it, win it all. I've been watching him for a long time. He's one of my favorite players ever. Uh, and just to see him finally, you know, achieve his goal. And, you know, I think uh, with somebody who's been grinding as long as he has, I think he's been on – how long has he been on the circuit? Like 10 years or something crazy? Like, oh, God, longer than that. that. Right. Yeah, and just to see somebody achieve their goal who's been working at it for so long, like it's a testament to all of us. Like you just, you know, that's your dream. Keep going for it, you know, so. Uh, the final match was a little uneventful with the uh, the Mulligans on uh, behalf of Benton, but uh, you sign up for variants, so it is what it is. Yeah, especially yeah, but, playing a deck like that, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Also, I will say that Reed also played that first game really, really well. Reed's Reed's feels like the kind of guy that like doesn't really typically make a ton of mistakes when he's playing, uh, and. Loses the variance more often than than him actually losing to himself, like a lot of magic players do. Absolutely, he, it, yeah. he couldn't have played a, a more tighter game, and just one minor mistake, you know, it w- would have cost him the game. But you know, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, you know, <laughs> cards are real just, good. You know, changing all formats just about it, you know really saved the day. Just creating that token that he was blocking, you know, just bought him just enough time to you know combo off. Yeah, yeah so I don't know. What do you think about their deck choice? I, I think it was great. I think it was great. And to flesh out on the topic of Reed Duke just being very consistent, that man does not make mistakes. Every card that is played, he thinks about it before he says, sure, that's okay. And that's like, that discipline is, it's awesome, man. Like, even when he doesn't have counter magic, he looks at his hand, looks at the spell that is being cast, analyzes everything on the board, and then goes off of that. Like, that is... It's a lot yeah, of discipline a lot of magic players like. Yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of cool when you, like, watch him play, too, because it's like every time something goes in the stack, there's, like, a mental checklist in his head that he, like, goes through and, like, checks all the boxes and then, like... And then says, okay, whatever, you know, or responds to it or, or whatever he does, you know. And, like, it's very hard to go and play in a really long tournament like that and, like, have that, like, mental fortitude to do that every single time. And, like, a lot of people get complacent, like myself for sure. Like, if, you know, it's, it's something tilts me or whatever, I'm just like, all right, yeah, whatever. You know, I don't really think about it like I should. So, <clears throat> yeah. 
Hats off to, to Reed Duke. That's awesome. Yeah, congrats to him. One thing I did notice too, and the commentators did a great job of, you know, keep they kept talking about it was that um, a lot of the deck selections weren't the best deck that we considered to be the best deck in Pioneer, but it was the decks they knew the most. You know, they had the most reps with. You know, like in our local meta, I don't think we see Boggles at all, but Mono Green, uh, Rakdos, is it Phoenix? You know, Blue White Control are like are pretty much what our meta consists of and. I think there was only one Rectos in the top eight. There was no uh, Mono Green. Yeah, in the Utah. Top eight, so uh, it was okay. Yeah. So speaking of the only red black player in top eight, shout out to Utah for being an absolute god when it comes to like play like playing in a or play. To, I guess getting ready for a tournament like solo. Like Team Channel Fireball had like a whole house full of like Hall of Famers and stuff like that testing the whole week. And Utah showed up without playing, like, any bit of Magic for the past few years other than, like, going to, I think it was, like, Worlds and, like, one of the Mythic Championships on Arena and stuff like that. But the dude doesn't play Magic consistently. Like, he doesn't play Magic daily like all these other guys do. And he just shows up to a tournament, goes and runs through everyone, enters top eight, the top seed, and he's just he's just an incredible Magic player. That's just, it's just crazy. He really is. And he was playing Mutavault in his red-black deck. You know he built his deck around that specifically. Like, that's crazy. Three Mutavaults. Yeah. God. And he, he was playing cards like Ritual of Soot in his sideboard, which we haven't seen in Pioneer in forever. And then it's just like, you know, usually people are playing like Extinction Event or like whatever it is. But, I mean, Ritual of Soot, dude, he was worried about that mono-white matchup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was trying to kill some humans <laughs> with that. A thousand percent. I loved coverage. I think it's the best coverage that I think I've ever seen, like, period, even pre-COVID. And, you know, it, it kind of, it upsets me watching these bird tours because the Twitch chat is just, like, looking for something to complain about. They were complaining about the blank space on either side. Like, why does that fucking matter to you? We have coverage and you're bitching about it. Like... And then those are the same people that go on Twitter and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have any coverage for GPs or, or, or any events anymore. This sucks. But then they're the first ones to shit on it once we actually have good coverage. Like, the, the coverage was amazing. It was. I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, there's no downtime anymore. I don't know if you guys caught that, but it's technically live, but it, they show you pre-recorded matches. That literally happened like maybe minutes ago. Like, yeah. and there's no downtime. You don't have to sit there and wait and listen to the commentators like try to keep you entertained. It's just match after match after match after match. Like, that yeah. was really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it reminded me kind of of when they used to do the GPs and they used to do, um, they used to do like those fast forwarded matches, you know? Like, yeah, and opens. When, like Brian Devin Marshall and like, um, and. Uh, all those guys used to do coverage. They used to do like those fast forwarded matches. And that was like a replay of like somebody else in the featured match area, which was like super cool because there was no downtime, just like you said. I think that's awesome. I think it's, it adds a lot of like, it adds a lot to it whenever, especially the way that the commentators like essentially told you how all the decks worked and like, went through all the lines and all that stuff like that. I just thought it was, I thought it was really good. I agree. I like seeing the, 
the Lotus Field decks do well. Um, I think the deck gets a lot of crap. I think the deck is actually really hard to pilot, like, perfectly. Yes, Like absolutely. Like, I feel like people just say, oh, you just get Lotus Field in play, and then you just win if you have this one card. And sometimes you don't get that, you know, like, that opportunity. Sometimes you got to slog through hate. Like, and it, I feel like the deck rewards a really good pilot. And I, I think the deck deserves more credit than it does. Yeah. yeah. I know that right before the tournament, somebody said that Lotus Field is in the worst position that it's been in in the last six months. <laughs> and I was like, that's really, really funny because now everybody knows about the deck. And yeah, I don't know. Nathan Stoyer, you know, making top eight with that deck. Um, you know, he's obviously the world champion. So that kid's gifted, most man. Recent, yeah, he's super good. And uh, I think it was funny how not a single person on camera ever went through the combo. They just like got to a certain point. They like cast uh or ultimatum. And then once they cast the ultimatum, everybody just conceded on the spot. Yep. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to realize too, like, I guess if the matches are timed, even then I don't think it really matters, but I mean, you're playing against Nathan Stoyer and he casts emergent ultimatum on you. You're probably not going to win the game. Like, sure, you can look at the options he gives you, but you're you're not going to win that game. Like, true. So, alrighty. Now that we've seen the Pro Tour, and we've kind of seen decks evolve in multiple formats, how impactful do you think All Will Be One was in, in different formats? Or all, all formats, really. So like standard, how, how uh, obviously like do you guys think all will be one impacted standard in a way where the decks evolved more? I guess aside from you know just the land base. I think I I think it did uh, I, in in a sense though, but standard mostly is like it's starting to go back to what it was. And like you made it, we were sitting in discord the other night and you made a good point. It's like all these Grixis decks are popping back up. And a lot of the Grixis decks don't have anything new in them. They like don't. they may have like removal spells, like Shieldred's Edict. They're like, you know, some, some minor things here or there, like drown and Icker, I think was a new card. Like the, uh, the minus four, minus four pro proliferate. Uh, but then other than that, there's just lands. So like, they're really not changing much. And people are kind of realizing that that Grixis deck is, like, just really good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, the deck's pretty, it's pretty powerful. I don't think, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't see the meta shifting much anymore. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll see, like, a couple card swaps here and there. But just looking at these lists right now... Uh, Blue Sun's Twilight's been really good, but only because, in my, in my personal experience, it's because of Fable. Like, that's it. People can just take the 2-2 on the spot and start making treasures with it. That's the main application that I see it used for a lot. And then... I'm looking... And... Yeah, no, that's it. In the lands, that's it. Some yeah. lists don't even play Edict. Or Drown. I don't see anybody play Drown. I've seen like maybe three three or four lists play Drown. But, 
I mean, you have Gopher the Throat and the Braid, like... Yeah. I, I mean, it catches a lot of stuff in the format. Like, those two spells in general, like, it catches both the things that you don't want, like, to play against. So, I mean, I do think that the, the Planeswalker decks are sweet, but I think that the format is, like, so mid-rangey that, like, those decks don't really matter. Like, they can maybe go spike a tournament, but, like, chances are you're already playing, like... 45% matchups anyways, or like 40% matchups anyways, so it's like, what are, you, what are you really trying to gain by playing a bunch of Planeswalkers? You're just basically trying to play matchup roulette and win all day. It's true. So, Xavier, you've been... Go ahead. I will say the standard's kind of stale to me. I'm a, definitely a modern player. That's what I prefer. I'm just getting online. It's really the same couple decks that I see. Um... <clears throat> Green uh, toxic uh, deck ramp deck. I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought it was going to be a lot more uh, heavier played, but uh, I don't know if the toxic mechanic is just too slow for standard. I know in sealed is a way different ball game, uh, but I was kind of hoping to see Phyrexian um, uh, Vindicator. I was really hoping. I really had a lot of hope for that card, <laughs> and you know who knows later on it, it'll probably get broken. But I was really hoping to see it shine in standard, and I just. Not not quite sure, but I do think the six drop Elspeth. I think that card is a house. Uh, Are you, you mean uh, Wander? Uh, Elspeth, the Eternal Wanderer. Oh no, it's just, it's just yeah, Elspeth it's Wander. just it's just Wander, yeah. Oh, I wonder yeah. how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The six drop plane. It, it, it's basically Elspeth. It's a, yeah, right? no, yeah. Like people just call <laughs> it Elspeth. It, it remind me of the Sun Champion. Remember when you used to yeah, yeah. it versus Jun back in the day, and you could just never swing through because you just created so many tokens all the time. Yeah, yep. she reminds me of. So yeah, it's a good card. Yeah, um, uh, I <laughs> the we're gonna talk about it, but <laughs> those are the attracts decks, dude. I I I hate them. I hate them. I I don't like them. I think they they suck. Not not oh they're they're very good, but I think playing against them is terrible. I think that like the play pattern of the deck is just awful and in standard specifically. I'm not gonna speak for other formats, but Sanders specifically, I just it's very hard to deal with an Atraxa once it's put in play, and then once you deal with the Atraxa, they just have so many ways to get it back. And it's like, <laughs> dude, what am I doing here? Like, do you, you want to go into that? Do you, I'm do trying you to want, reinvent the wheel. Like, do, do, do you want to <laughs> share your experiences with the? Oh no, I don't. No, no I okay, don't. okay, no. fair. Are oh, you talking about the standard challenge? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So the standard challenge this weekend, I played. Um, what did I play? Oh, I played uh, that Planeswalker deck, the yep. Esper Planeswalker deck. And round one, I play against Red Black Atraxa. Round two, I play against Red Grixis Atraxa. Round three, I play against Red Black Atraxa, and I <laughs> I concede the to game in game two against an Atraxa, and I click the drop button and type D R O P, and <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was the end of my weekend. I don't think that was it, because then we hopped on Arena and we both <laughs> yeah. played against nothing but Atraxa decks. Oh. So yeah, do you guys feel like it's gonna get banned? No, is it no, banned no. in standard? No, no, no. It's just it, it. The issue with it is that it's not that it's broken. It's just there's nothing more miserable than sitting there and sweating for 25 minutes, putting your heart and soul into the game. You're both hellbent, and your opponent just rips. Uh, the the saga uh what's it called um uh, get, uh yeah 
What is uh, it? The whatever. Cruelty of Gix. Cruelty of Gix. And then they just slam an Atrox into play and they draw six cards and you're just... It's just... It, it kind of goes against, like, you're playing, like, this fair mid-range strategy with this unfair just card in it. But you also get the draws, because, I mean, I have been playing the deck, and you do just get the draws where you draw Troxa and you kind of just die, because you can't hard cast it. So, you you, you kind of have to play your whole game plan around, well, I need to discard this card at the right time, make sure, and, and it's horrible in the Grixis Mirror, because people play Corpse Appraiser, and your opponent can hit your Atroxa with their Cruelty of Gix. So it's just like, you're trying to play around all these different cards, and you're trying to play it right, and it's just, uh, it, it feels, it's just, it's very grueling and intensive to play, but. Yeah. I, I, I did. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I did, I'm switching the subject, so you continue what you're going to say. I, I just don't think Standard is very fun right now. And I want to love it, and I, I have been grinding it, but it, I mean, because I have to. But I'm just not loving it, man. But I think Standard is in a way better spot than it was previously. So I do have to give it oh, that yeah. credit. So Unequivocally. <laughs> way better. So he, Xavier said something about Vindicator earlier, mm -hmm. the four-mana white card that deals damage. I saw somebody trying to make uh, a deck where you played Filigree Silex and a, and a bunch of cards oh. and just cast it and then 10 your own Vindicator and kill your opponent. That's good. <laughs> That's good, that huh? Because <laughs> like, all you have to do is protect your own Vindicator, right? Like, Damn. And then you're just like, Filigree Silex, 10 my thing, you know? Like, it's just like, it plays all these oil cards, like all these add oil cards. So it's like, I think it's like red-white. Red-white, Filigree Silex, and then they're just like, play the Vindicator and then just have a bunch of oil counters on everything, and then bang. just bang, yeah, just t twice bang Filigree Silex out, and just hit your own Vindicator twice. <laughs> God. It's not, it's probably not good, but it's sweet. It's, it's it does sweet. sound sweet. It does sound sweet. Um, but as far, I mean, obviously, with Standard, obviously, is a little bit different, but moving back towards the original patterns, I mean, what do we think about, like, Pioneer and Modern? Xavier, you've been playing a lot of modern. What's your opinion? I haven't played a whole lot of modern with all of you, so. Yeah, um, some of the biggest cards I see: uh, Ellis Norn and Elementals. Uh, I played a league with it. I went four and one. Uh, it is, it is extremely. It has a real Yorion feel to it. Uh, <clears throat> kind of makes me wish Yorion wasn't banned. Um, but sorry, just just the amount of triggers you're getting. Uh, once you have Elder Storm in play, it's just crazy. I see people experimenting putting it in Titan now. Um, can't wait to see what those results look like. Uh, other I, than that, or the Rock Priest Storm deck, um, killing on turn two, that, that deck's absurd as well. Um, like, do you think that deck has legs, though? Like, I don't know if that deck actually has legs. Um, like, I'm talking about, like, long-term being good. I just don't... It, it could just be a flash in a pan, you know? Yeah. But we said the same thing about Hammer. That is true. Uh, that's true. I'm hanging around. That is well, true. Hammer is like one of the best decks in the format, so. <laughs> after <laughs> after somebody went and fine-tuned that deck, it was just like. Yeah, that deck evolved. Just the most consistent. Yeah. yeah, it was a meme deck for the longest, you know? So, mm -hmm. and then, you know, it was a running joke. And now, if you look at it now, it's, it's, it's reigned supreme for the past, like, 
two, three years, you know. So it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I the only other card that I will say that I have seen in a lot of lists is minor misstep. I've seen it in a lot of Merktide lists. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it in a lot of Merktide lists, and I'm not a fan of the card. If I were to register Merktide for a 75 for a tournament, minor misstep would probably not be anywhere close to that 75 because I just don't think the card's that good. But the same reason why a lot of people play it is because I like just playing the deck a lot. I know that your Rhino's matchup's not very good. True. Your Rhino's matchup's like not good at all. So minor misstep kind of helps you in that matchup a lot. That is true. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's just, I, I feel like that's one reason. And then another reason might be just because if you're playing against the mirror or like something like that, where it actually matters. But I, I just, I don't think the card's very good, but people have been trying it. So maybe it is. I, I haven't played it enough. I guess I it's, I guess it's their version of Chalice in a way, you know, because they, they don't, they can't play Chalice themselves. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, sure, like I'll counter this zero mana spell or this monkey or this unholy heat or this Mox Amber. Like, I, I guess there's a lot more applications for it in, in modern. So I think the card might actually be okay. It works really well with Spell Pierce because, you know, Spell Pierce is really good in the early game. But as the game dredges along, like, it gets worse and worse each turn. So then that's where Mental Misstep can really shine because there's, there's no pay to. It's just I wish it was Mental Misstep. God, <laughs> don't no, 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 I'm just kidding. No, it might have misstep, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, I, I think it's great. Uh, and it's not as uh, backbreaking as Counterspell. I know as a Hammer player, you know, I love to see a Counterspell. I want to see him tap out all that mana so I can... Uh, you know, I can I can go for the bonk, but hit him with the ratata. Hard. Yeah, but when they only got <laughs> you know they got two more mana up, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I haven't really seen too many changes in Pioneer, honestly. Like, not like lands. any like decks that are. Just, yeah, the lands are the only thing. Like, I, other than that, I haven't really seen any like cards impact Pioneer that much. Like I maybe think- some sideboard cards. But. Possibly. I, I think that's where the Aros deck just kind of performed really well because they got Razor Birch Thicket. Like, that's really yeah. good. That's really good for that deck. Rakdos got Black Cleaves. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The Fast Lands and the Solar Lands work really well together, too. So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we start seeing less of the uh, Pathway Lands now. Oh. One card that did impact Pioneer uh, really well is Ossification. Oh, yeah. Ossification and all the mono-white decks, all the mono-white human decks. That card is what mono-white has been needing for a while. Because they could not compete with all of the decks that had, that just landed children, for instance, right? Yep. Like, all your mono-white players are just playing this thing. They're, like, searching for one Brutal Cathar. If they can't find the Brutal Cathar, or, like, they don't have a way to deal with the children in any other way... Like, the only issue was is that anytime you cast Brutal your opponent would always just have a removal spell for it, and yeah. they just get their shoulder back. But now, Red-Black doesn't have a way to deal with Ossification like, you know, you can with the Brutal So, I think Ossification is a great addition to, to Mono-White Humans. I think it's very good. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy with it. And uh, also Skrelve, too. I mean, Skrelve, yeah. Way. Skrelve's nuts. I think that card's actually, like... 
Really good. Yeah. Like super I, good. I, it was uh, – I was very impressed. Um, very, very impressed with Scrove in the mono-white deck specifically. Uh, it was very good. I, I also thought it was crazy, the, the guy in uh, – <coughs> The, there's a guy in the second chance pro tour like qualifier or whatever or something like that. It was a pro tour. I think it's like the other pro tour event. Um, second chance PTQ, I think it was. That was yeah. playing three sword of forge and frontier in their sideboard of mono white, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is sweet." <laughs> that is sweet. Yeah, because I mean it's pretty good against all your black. You know, or all your red black, I mean, most of your red black matchups, and then also your mono green matchup, you just roll through like mono green with that card. That's true. And That's true. The, uh, yeah. The fourth place finisher ran two of the Sword of Forge and Frontier. In what? In, uh, in the PT Pro Tour. The fourth yeah. place finisher. Some said. Yeah, two of them. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, also, did you guys see the Enigmatic player playing Elish Norn in that deck? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Drawing four off of Bitter Reunion? Man. Yep. Everything yeah, just... This is... Oh. Is that Derek Davis? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, the, his 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 uh, version of the deck was pretty sweet. He was playing Cavalier of Dawn, which was like a card that like a lot of people don't play that um, card goes hard man I well, think it goes hard with really El- with with elish nord yeah like just bang bang you get two three threes that's it yeah and and like he was playing oath of chandra which is like not typically a card that they play either um i think that was for the mono white matchup right just yeah i think removal. so um yeah i think well no it was either that or like i mean i would assume it was for that but um I think his version was really more refined because it didn't have to play a lot of like one of lands like you normally saw with all the enigmatic lists of, yeah. of the past. You didn't have to play all those lands. So that was that was that was really good. I mean, think how good it is to play an enchantment that kills a creature and then it becomes another creature. Like mm-hmm. that's so good. Like that is yeah. such a huge tempo swing. Like it's absurd. So I really like that. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the meta right now. There was 19% Rakdos, 14% Nykthos, uh Ramp, uh, 9% Gruul Midrange, which is basically Love Boat. Um, I mean, or a version of it. And then 7% Hidden String, 6% uh, Blue Eye Control, uh, 6% Mono White Humans, and then 6% Indominal Creativity, which what I think is funny is like there was only... Like two or there's only like three or four more players outside of Team Channel Fireball that played that deck. Yeah, creativity. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. It's like um, and also such a big percentage of mono green, yet none of them top aided. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think any of them like got top sixteen. I could be wrong about that as well. Not a hundred percent sure, um, but it's crazy, man. Like mono green does the most fucked up thing in Pioneer, but the deck is so you can hate that deck out so easily. Like extinction event hoses the deck, like 
And it, sometimes you just die to your own draws. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of people will consider it the boogeyman of the format, but I don't know. I, I think the deck, uh, it, it's definitely being pushed out a little bit. Uh, last time I looked, it had like a sub 50% win rate, like overall. Yeah. Well, it's red black, black matchups, not that great anymore either. Like, yeah. They have Misery Shadow now, man. Like Correct. That's another like, really big part of the deck. Um, but there was two mono green devotion lists in the top sixteen. Yeah, number so, fourteen. Uh, the tour. Okay. Yeah, fourteen and sixteen. Yeah, I think well, it's not bad. Sixteen, yeah. So Dexel performed fairly well. I guess it's kind of hard to you know keep it, like yeah you can hate the deck out but you know some mono green players are just gonna run hot and get good matchups and the deck just yep. does what it does really efficiently like. I agree. Very, very good. Are you guys surprised we didn't see a lot of angels? I was. Nah. No, I'm not. I was. I thought it was a really good deck. I still think it's a good deck um, in the market to try to buy it right now. I just think uh, it's very resilient. Uh, a little slow in the beginning, but once it stabilizes, then, you, know, you just well, gain so much life. <clears throat> I think that's the issue with the deck now i feel like pioneer is now just a linear format it's giving modern vibes where if you're not like being linear and trying to end the game as soon as possible you're probably just gonna die yeah. and that's what a lot of people were saying they were like yeah so it was between lotus field or is it creativity because you know you just have to be linear and kill your opponent as fast as possible and you know, it's which says a lot about the format when the number one deck is a hand disruption deck. Like, that's crazy to think about, right? Like, these people are like, yeah, I'm going to bring, is it creativity or, uh... oh, they got Impulse too, right? Impulse yeah. was a huge addition to that deck, to the creativity deck. Yeah. So that, that came out in Dominaire United, though, so. That's, yeah, that's, that's, been, that's been in the deck for a while. Yeah, fair. It's like, man, like, you'd never. You, you just wouldn't think, oh, yeah, I don't want to play a combo deck in a room full of Thoughtseize. It's like, but people did it, and it fucking worked. Yeah, yep. the creativity deck is pretty resilient, though, to Thoughtseize, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, they just cycle through their deck. Backs. Yeah, it doesn't really phase them at all. Yeah. What Big about Lotus? hell of a card. What about Lotus? Do you guys think Lotus is soft to Thoughtseize? Um, no. I don't necessarily think it is. Because, uh, like... There's a lot of times where you can just, like, get Thoughtseize, draw poor over the pages with two Lotus Fields in play, and just win the game on the same turn. Like, if you that's draw true. the right amount of cards, and this, you know, like, or the right set of cards. I mean, I guess that's the same for any combo deck, but Lotus Field can just <clears throat> sometimes come out of nowhere and just, like, end the game in the same turn that they get Thoughtseize or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, the turn after they get Thoughtseize. When I'm playing against Lotus Field, I'd much rather be applying pressure than trying to strip their hands, because they're going to draw cards... They're going to hit their cards. Uh, I need to try to end the game as soon as possible. Yeah, I think I think the like most times when you're playing against, especially if you're playing Rakdos, I think you want to like kind of push like obviously if you have turn one thought season, it's good, but um, kind of push a threat out early and then just like a, being applying pressure and trying to eat their hand at the same time, um, or just like Xavier said, like put as much threat into play as you possibly can and force them to speed their clock up as much as they can um, and do it that way. That's fair. 
And you can't really fault seize the creativity deck. And sides from like taking Xenagos from their hand, but they'll probably like fire prophecy in response and put it on the bottom. Or um Yeah. And what what are you gonna do? Thought seize the worm and shuffle it back in? Like that's what they want anyways. Yep. They don't yeah. want it in their hand. I guess the main yeah, target man. would be like big score. That card seems like far and away the best deck or the best card in the yeah. deck. Yeah, I mean it's funny because I I've I've seen people like in person just put World Spine Worm into play and just be like, all right, cool, deal with this card. Like, yeah. they're just like, cool, deal with this fifteen fifteen. Like, you can't. It's <laughs> true. So, and uh, that card, Secrets of the Key, underrated. So underrated. <clears throat> what does that one do? Cast on it. It um, basically uh, you investigate, and this spell is cast from your graveyard. Investigate twice instead. Uh, investigate for one one blue and then you can flash mm-hmm. it back for four so yeah it's just, an, it's just another artifact in play that you can sack that's true oh my god it, sorry i don't mean to go back to this topic but reek duke playing around um Beseju and sacrificing three artifacts in his final game oh i know like oh know. my god like that is that's so smart like holy shit I just thought about that. Sorry. Alrighty, oh, guys. Yeah, no, you can definitely you can definitely tell that they put in the the necessary work to prepare for that tournament. I mean, two of the teammates made the top eight. That's true. Yellow Hat made top eight too, and I mean, that's I mean that's Nassif's like tenth Pro Tour top eight or something crazy like that. So, I mean, dude's really good. That dude's also really a monster. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh let's talk about the the new boogie girl of the format, good old Atroxa. Do you guys think she's format warping aside from standard? I don't know if it's too format warping there, but do you guys think it'll affect other formats heavily, or if it has already? I think I'll see it in Bring to Light. I think it'll it'll bounce around in there, but that's about it. I don't even know if it'll play in that deck, but uh, the only other format that I know it's like really good in is Legacy. Yeah, um, new Gristlebrand, like baby. It's basically just Gristlebrand, but better. So um, I know that a lot of people have been playing it there, but the main format, I think, is standard. That it's whenever whenever you can reach a point in a format where you can cheat large like cards like that that give you a lot of value into play, uh, I think that's where you want to be a lot of the times. Uh, I mean, that's the reason I play Titan. I mean, let's be serious. True. It's the reason I play so much Amulet Titan is because of that. Um, and it's it's also the same reason I was playing Omnath back in the day is because Omnath used to just give you a bunch of mana and you can cast all your spells like on top of the Omnath. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like value. I am, a fan, I am a fan of the value. So why don't you join the Atroxa squad and then jam it in standard? Um, One reason is, is like... I don't like I don't like the way that the play you play the mirror. I think Fair. that the the mirror is like whoever hits Gix first, like and I don't like that at all. I don't like that play pattern. I don't I don't like formats whenever you are or like I don't like decks whenever you're playing the mirror match that it's literally just whoever draws better. Like I I hate that so much. Um, now it does happen in the Titan mirrors, but a lot of the times in in a lot of Titan mirrors, there are a lot of lines and things like that where you have to like actually know the deck better than your opponent, and those can come up a lot. But as far as standard goes, like 
if you're just landing a one card combo, like it's just not fun to me. I'm just like, it's not my thing. That's fair. I think, yeah, I think it's definitely going to replace Grizzle Brand just off the fact that it pitches to every force imaginable. Like, yes, literally every everyone, everyone that's playable. Well, like, it's just it's too good, you know. It pitches to every force and it pitches to endurance. That's true. Which is also very good, and it pitches to solitude. It pitches to every single evoke card and every single force that matters. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. It's just it's just gristle brand, but better. <laughs> it's true, and dude, like, oh my god, these invoke justice decks too. There's just so many atroxa variants in standard, man. There's invoke justice. There's Grixis with uh, Gix. There's red black with Gix. There's a straight five color control deck where you play Emperor and board wipes and all that crap. And it, it it's definitely seeming like it's gonna be an Atroxa standard for a while, unless yeah. something happens. Like she'll always be there. Yeah, she might not be dominant some metas, but I think she's always. She I think she's gonna be there for a long time. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, as far as legacy goes, um, the only other card I guess from this set that I saw was Mercurial Spell Dancer. That's the oil counter cast a spell from a graveyard, right? Oil counter, yeah, unblockable. Ooh, and when yeah. it deals combat damage, right? Is that it? Yes, I yeah. believe so. Um, it won. It Blue Red Delver played it, and it won the challenge like the first weekend it was out. Oof. Um. Pretty sweet card. I don't know if it's like forever card, but I mean it's pretty sweet, especially like a two one unblockable in, in Legacy is just really good in general. Yo, shout out to True Name though. <laughs> Rest yeah. in peace. Well, I mean, he did nothing wrong, but he's still not good because he cost three mana. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I miss him. Give him back. It's really sad, honestly. You guys remember it's that really card was sad. like sixty bucks? It was worth more than that, right? At one point. Also, with all the edicts that people were playing too, like it just made that card terrible. That's true. Like, and it sucks because that used to be like the go-to card back in the day. People were playing Teamer Delver. You just land a true name, and you're like, "Well, I'm dead now." <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's. So we have the the RC coming up. So, and I know a lot of people are planning on playing their RCQs. So why don't we go into? Tips and tricks on how to prepare for big tournaments. So, uh, who who wants to start off with that? I'll start. Uh, one of the biggest things I like to do is, of course, you know, whenever we get in Discord, uh, early in that day, I'll I'll message someone in the group and be like, "Hey, you know, if I know they're good at something, for example, uh, Vega, you know, I know he's really good at control, so I'll message him like, "Hey, I need to play against this matchup." And uh, I'll play tests against them, so I feel like I'm pretty comfortable in the matchup. And then I'll move on to the top probably four or five decks that I feel like will be very strong in the meta. And then I just prepare for it that way. Uh, for bigger tournaments, it's, it's really hard because, you know, you just never know. Like this past weekend, I ended up playing in round two. I went against uh, Affinity. I haven't seen Affinity in forever. So, uh <clears throat> A little bit of just knowing how to play and uh, just practicing and reps and just sticking to your own game plan really helped me out a lot. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, as far as preparing for tournaments, I definitely am very lazy when I don't need to be uh, when it comes to preparing for tournaments. Um, I want to, I mean, I've been definitely playing a lot more standard for the RC in San Diego this time around. I've been playing standard all the time, trying to figure out what deck I want to play. Um, But I've also been playing a lot by myself. And the reason why is because... You know, no offense to anybody uh, on our team or in the group or whatever, but sometimes I just feel like when I'm in there, I can't focus like I really need to. Like if we're, if people are five or six people in a discord call and we're all like, everybody's doing something different. It's just, I can't be constructive and like still do that. So I have been playing a lot by myself. Like, you know, when there's just like dead silence, I won't even have music on. I'll be like talking to myself as I'm playing the game so that I'm, like, talking through my plays correctly and stuff like that. Um, And it's definitely helped me, you know, I guess, remember how to play certain matchups better and just, like, understand how matchups are supposed to work with the decks that I'm playing. So as far as preparing for a tournament, I think that personally as a team, I think that we need to probably cut out a lot of the extra stuff if we, like, set a time and, and, and do that. Um, because I think when you're distracted by other things, you're not fully focused on what you're truly, truly trying to accomplish. And I mean, I'm at fault for that because I don't do it as much as I need to, but I definitely believe that you need to get it as far as for big tournaments and stuff, you need to get a dedicated, a dedicated group of people that are there for the same goal. And that is to, you know, win the tournament, right? The, the, the whole goal is to win the tournament. And like Xavier said, too, is finding people that are really good with with certain decks because they're just better than, you know, your average person playing the deck. And when it goes to these big tournaments, these big tournaments have a lot of good players. Like, they all qualified to be there, you know? They want an RCQ to be there. So, I mean, you have to know that they're above average Magic players, especially if they're willing to travel halfway across the country to go to a tournament, you know? So you have to... I mean, if you truly want to do well, you have to cast all the f- the friendships and like the the fun hangout sessions aside and like decide that you want to do well and like. And I think that's something that I've been trying to do more recently, and is kind of kill all the distractions and, and focus on actually learning something every time I sit down and play Magic. No, definitely, yeah. So, do you guys think? I guess I really wouldn't call it rituals. Um. But let's say you have a tournament, you know, the Saturday. Friday, would you do anything ritualistic where, let's say, you're like, well, I'm going to drink. You know, you might already do this just in your daily life. But you're like, I'm going to get really hydrated. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to try to get in shape, at least mentally, and get comfortable. And do you think that has any bearing on performance? Or do you think you could just eat like shit and you know because i mean let's be real it it is similar to a sport and i have heard a lot of people yeah like usually on weekends for an event um i won't eat the convention food i'll bring like trail mix or you know the protein bars and i'll drink nothing but water because you know there is that argument where eating greasy food and just eating shit and drinking a lot of sugar you're gonna experience a crash do you guys agree with that and do you guys take in those rituals Absolutely. I prepared just like as if, you know, 
any kind of uh, competitive sports I played before. And, you know, I was high school, played football, basketball, baseball, track, did everything. Uh, played football in college. Like, I prepared the exact same way. Um, I, again, I'll, I'll go back to the group chat with the friends. You know, I'm like, hey, can we run over this real quick? Or I'll even ask to, like, talk through some stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll usually go check out one of my favorite streamers and watch them play. Uh, and then I just start visualizing. I like like a mind gym almost. Like, I'll, I'll start kind of almost rehearsing stuff in my head and uh, trying to practice and just mentally be prepared enough to go. I have noticed, though, um, first two rounds, I normally have some kind of energy drink. And uh, the last two top eights I had, uh, one this past weekend and then the weekend before that, I felt like my deck didn't fault on me, but I felt like I faulted on my deck just because I wasn't mentally tough enough to continue to play. Um, playing Hammer, I was done pretty early, but, you know, I was still engaged pretty heavily, and I just feel like, you know, once I get past five rounds, six rounds, I, I really start to feel it. Um, but it's kind of hard to prepare for that until you can actually get to do it. It is something I definitely prepare for. Yeah, I think as far for me, as far as like rituals, um, which one thing that I kind of got away from and I need to go back to was a lot of times <clears throat> when I was like playing in the open series and stuff for Star City, I would always bring like noise canceling headphones with me. And in between rounds, I would listen to like bare, like either like lo-fi hip hop or like some type of lo-fi or just depending on like my mood in general, I would listen to music, but I'd like walk around the convention constantly. Like I would just keep my, keep my blood flowing and like listen to music, cast everything else in the room out. So that way when, you know, I heard my phone go off or, you know, saw that the next round was up or whatever, I could walk over there, you know, and, and basically not have to like sit there and talk to people. And like, I, I, I would stay more focused that way. And I definitely need to start doing that more. Um, but I've kind of gotten like with the big RC that we went to, I just like, it was so cool to see everybody that I normally haven't seen. So it was hard to do that there. That's true. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing that really does hurt is like, you do see a lot of people that you normally don't see. So, but I definitely think that as far as rituals for me, that's one of them is bringing like some noise canceling headphones and, and like kind of getting in my own world, uh, during a tournament. So that's fair. I, I think, so usually when I play control, it's just, you know, rounds end very late for me. So I'm just like, match is done, drink a little bit of water, back to the next round. So I don't ever get out of that magic mentality. So I'm kind of used to the fatigue, but as far as like my rituals and stuff, I need to get better about that. Like I need to probably take better care of myself and you know, drink more water and, you know, just treat it like more like a sport. And I, I, I think I do fail in that department a little bit. So that's definitely something I'm trying to improve on. Um, I guess I also, as much as it sucks, uh, at least for standard, you do have to, I think, playing against as many decks as possible. So maybe just playing the ranked ladder and, you know, somebody casting a card that you never thought they would play. Like scatter ray, somebody scatter rayed me, and I did some research. Mono blue plays that card. Yeah, mono blue, but Grixis cast scatter ray on me. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's 
that's kind of weird. And then I checked the the most recent Grixis list that one, and they played a one of Scatterace. I'm like, okay, well, that's good to know. I, I, you know, I shouldn't always play around it, but it should always be in the back of my mind. Um, so yeah, I uh, good. I, I think good points, everybody. Yeah, just find people with a similar goal as you, and my tip would be to find people better than you, because you don't want to be the smartest dude in the room. And I think that's, yeah. I think that's where we're all really lucky, where we all excel in different things and we just build off of each other constantly. And I think that's really awesome. Yeah. I will say another one of my rituals is after day one of a tournament, if I'm going to day two or actually just after a whole tournament long of day one, we're going to like a larger tournament. Mm-hmm. A couple brewskis at the end of the night kind of, kind of put can, me, put me right. You I know can what attest saying? to that. A couple brewskis, you Dude. know, just get a little... Get a little, uh, get a little brewski with dinner, you know. Something yeah, like that. it was it was like that trip. What where uh, we stayed in that super bad area that had the Jesus uh. Christ like cemetery <laughs> out back. <laughs> that was terrifying, dude. And we're just chilling, and you know we're trying to go to sleep, and everybody's just cracking brewskis, give, telling us bedtime yeah. stories. Yeah, I was playing Legacy the next day, dude. I didn't need to do anything. I was playing Hogak. That was great. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, you carried that tournament, by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know, dog. I mean, I don't you know. like didn't drop a single game all day. Yeah, and then I lost in the fucking finals to Merfolk. Like, that felt so That's bad. Scary. That felt so yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. yeah Spayloon carried that guy, though. Yeah, hard. Hard. How often do you prepare for that? Like never. I don't ever play yeah, against Purple. You see in that, yeah. It's like also my my legacy opponent mulling to four and having exactly land endurance right. brainstorm no, I, and like it was land endurance brainstorm green card ooh. and like literally I try to go off with Hogak and my opponent just goes endurance with four cards in hand like as soon as I try and go off and I'm like great and then so then he untaps uh, plays a land brainstorms. Uh, puts two cards back, uh, and then just like says go, and then just has force blue card <coughs> for when I go and try and cast the Hogak next turn. I was just like, "There's no way I can beat this guy." He kept, he's just dude. Than me. I'm sorry, but that tilted me so hard because he kept a one lander. It was a basic. Too, it was a in four color. basic in four color, and his brainstorm was perfect. His hand lined up perfectly with yours. And it's just shout out to that guy. Though. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, good for him. It's just crazy to me, man. Because I feel like I don't get a lot of those moments, you know, where I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I'll no, like. But yeah, it was that's... it was very difficult to be a part of. I'm not gonna lie. I I can't say I blame you. And then you proceed like, I think you had a a, a window of like six turns where you could have gone off, oh. and you drew <laughs> like you drew Hogak Hogak. Vengevine, Vengevine, and bridge from below, bridge from below. Yes, and I was yes. Like, it was it was, <laughs> was double like, of the worst draws you could have ever had. It was disgusting. Yeah, it was bad. But that's variance. I mean, yeah. we signed yeah. up for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, I mean, in that deck, if you're drawing your Vengevines and your Hogaks and like stuff like that, you're not doing very well. Like especially if you're drawing bridge. Bridge is like the worst draw in the deck. It literally so, does nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I, there was one there. One, there was one point in that tournament where I milled. I think I self milled like fifty one card, or no, it was like no, I self milled like forty one cards, 
and all the bridges were still in the library. And I was like, bro, how, I, you can't make this up. You can't make this up. It's crazy. You got to shuffle better, dog. I guess you so. got to get that shuffler premium. Yeah, dude. Let me let me know how y'all shuffle because that's what I need. I need a little advice. <laughs> okay. Honestly. <laughs> well, that's a good time. Actually, let me ask you that. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. How do how do you guys shuffle? Like, do you guys are you guys the backhand shuffler, like where your cards are in your left palm? Or are you are you the yeah. shuffler that the cards are the cards are in your right palm? No, I'm how, how I'm shuffle? a left hand. Right hand pushes the cards in with okay. the the see-through side of the sleeve on the bottom of my hand. Okay. And away. So, like, okay. and flat. Okay. So my opponent can't see what the fuck I'm shuffling. And I also can't yeah. see what I'm shuffling. That's fair. Because, like, and I... If I need it. Okay, yeah. I don't really power shuffle at all. And I know that the people on, like, Spotify and stuff can't see this, but unfortunately, I'm this guy. Like... You're the middle maybe shuffler. Maybe I need to change this. I'm I'm the I'm the the guy that holds the the palm in his right hand, you know. Oh no, like, dog! My, my right hand is face down. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I think switching it like this needs to happen. There you go. See, right there. So. See, all your cards are going together. It's not just one clump in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to see bullshit. what I'm talking about, go to go to go to YouTube and and see what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, no, I I, I definitely need to probably learn how to shuffle. We need to ask <laughs> uh. uh Never mind. I'm I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. We're gonna ask Reed Duke how to shuffle. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, I I think I think those are really good tips on on how to level up. Also, it's better before we move on. It is better to play quality of games instead of quantity of games. So yeah, it's it's way better for you to sit down and if you're practicing standard or whatever <laughs> format, play like a league. You know, you don't have to play 20, 30 leagues, and I learned that the hard way, getting ready for the RC in Atlanta, playing Mono Green. I played, like, maybe seven, eight leagues a day. And that was just – I caught myself, like, just autopiloting. I'm like, this is not good for yeah. me. Like, I am not playing the games like I'm trying to win them. I'm just playing the games to play the games so I can say, oh, I prepared for this. But that does way more harm than good. Just sit down, and when your mind is clear, play a league. You know, take a little break. It's just like studying. You know, they say when you study, study for 30 minutes, take a break for 10, 20, you know, just let your brain process yeah. all that information and digest it and then come back to it. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I will commend Xavier on too is like I see him watching his replays. I don't like, do I that. I think that's a huge part of the whole thing. I think that's a huge part of like actually preparing for a tournament as well is like sitting there with everyone like and re watching your game to see if anyone else can catch an, an, an issue or a mistake, you know, like, especially when you have a bunch of minds that are all over the spectrum, like me, I love playing combo decks. You I mean, Vega, you love playing control decks, Xavier. I mean, you're basically a combo deck player at this point. You play hammer, like it's going out of style. So, <laughs> so, uh, and Cameron, but like, you Cameron's know, leaning on the aggro side now too. So he can give us his input. Yeah, well, on yeah. That. I mean, yeah, he's, he's like, I mean, he's, combo just, he's too. very well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. He's very well-rounded as a magic player, but, and, and BST is just, he, I mean, he's all also just as well-rounded as far as like, especially mid-range decks. Like BST is probably the best mid-range player in, in probably in our, easily for, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think that everybody watching the replays and like pointing out certain things that may, we may have been able to do different and then understanding why, 
you should have done things differently is like a huge like constructive way to do it um especially when you have multiple people watching having to justify your decision making like yeah not justify but explain your decision making to your peers is a real humbling experience you know like i can't tell you how many times i've quit games because i misclicked or something and it's just like okay like you know i asked someone to to you know be a two-head giant on this match and i'm just fucking i'm messing it up by myself so uh yeah yeah always always try to get that feedback no definitely yeah i agree i agree Alrighty, gentlemen, there's an RCQ this weekend, quote-unquote, hypothetical. Uh, there is one Sunday. Ooh, okay, pause. So this might be more constructive than we thought. All right, are we doing both formats, or are we just We're doing, doing, or are we doing all three, baby. So you have oh. an RCQ this weekend. What would you play in Standard, Modern, and Pioneer? You can go first, Big Money. All right. Uh, in standard, if if I were to pick any deck, uh, I mean, right now, the way I'm more, where I'm more, most comfortable is probably mono blue. I'd probably play mono blue in standard. i just most comfortable with the deck. I think the deck's very good. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it's more of my play style for standard right now. Uh, Pioneer, I would play Lotus Field. Uh, I plan on playing it in an upcoming RCQ for the Dallas season, so, um... I definitely I'm gonna be I've been playing a lot of Lotus combo like kind of you know by myself I've been goldfishing the deck a lot I've been playing it locally um, and it's just I, I'm really I'm really familiar with the deck now I love playing combo decks so it's right up my wheelhouse and it's very good in the meta right now too um, modern you know your boys casting Amulet of Titan with Michael Smith Garden baby true that's the only thing we're doing in modern right now Michael Smith Garden is taking over. We are back. We are back. You never tier loved. one again. You never loved. No, no, no. We're t- we're tier one again. We're tier one again. Thank God for that. Yeah, no. Amulet with Michaelson Gardens is just so good. I mean, it's so cracked. I I underestimated the card right off the rip, and now I just think the deck is so much faster than it was. And you're also like cutting the cards that really don't matter, like you used to, because people stop playing Blood Moon and Modern. Like, realistically, a lot of the decks, like Merktide and stuff, they're not playing them in the main anymore. So you don't have to worry about playing Steve in the main, like Secure Tribe Elder. So you don't have to worry about playing those cards. And so you can cut those for more Zeusas and more ways to play more lands in the same turn. And it's, you know, Titans just got way more consistent. It, with the addition of Microsoft Gardens, it's so good. It's, it's very, very good. Yeah, you basically got nine Amulet of Vigors in play now. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I, so the other day I was playing online and I had one small, and I'll be very quick, but I had one small place where I went to, ca- I cast a Titan, right? And I had Microsoft Garden and a land untapped. And with the Titan trigger on the stack, um, I made, a, uh, I made a copy, or no, yeah, the only way that I could have done it is um, I had to hold up the two lands uh, to do something. I forgot what it, what it was. I think it was, um, yeah, okay, yeah. I had to hold up the two lands to play around Spell Pierce for my Summer's Pact. Uh, and so I held up the two lands, and then with the, ti- with the uh, Titan trigger on the stack, uh, I made a copy of Amulet. And then I just won the game that same turn. I hit my opponent for 18. And it was like, it was over with. It was just like, there's a lot of really, really 
obscure lines that you can play with Microsynth Gardens now, like very weird opportunities where you can use the ability to make a copy of whatever it is. Um, I think there might be a version where Karn comes back in the right meta and you can use, start using Karn and Microsynth Gardens to like <coughs> go fetch certain cards like Pithy Needle and things like that. Um, so I don't know. It'd be, it'd be cool though. But yeah, what about what about you guys? What would you guys play this week this weekend if you had tournaments? Go ahead, Xavier. Oh, I know Xavier uh, does have one. Uh, so for standard, it'd be mono white mid range. Um, this is what I've been grinding the most on uh, on arena, and uh, it, it has you know it can get out pretty early and make it very hard to be dealt with. I, I'm not really a standard player, but if I were to play, that's definitely what it'd be. For pioneer, it would be Rakdos for sure. Um, I am currently learning Lotus Field though, so watch out, y'all. <laughs> uh, and then, and for modern, um, I've been playing Hammer Hardcore. Uh, looking to transition probably into Rhinos here soon, but uh, I do have an RCQ this Sunday, and this Sunday I'll be playing Hammer. So if you're at Level Up nice. Games in Duluth, Georgia, say what's up to me. Nice. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. My man's going all the way to Duluth, Georgia for, for an RCQ. That's it. No other reason. That is it. He is that, that dedicated. He is that dedicated. He's going to Georgia just for the RCQ. That's it. <laughs> so I guess if I had an RCQ this weekend, hmm. and Pioneer, I'd probably just stick with Blue Light Control. Straight up. Like, deck rewards you if you know it well. Uh... Standard, probably red, black, Atraxa. Just because... I mean, the deck's sweet, man. Like, you can't hate on it. Yeah, the play patterns suck, yeah. but when you cast Atraxa or you get it back, you just feel so good. Oh, I bet. Like, drawing six is just so nice. And modern... I don't know why, man. I've been getting this itch to play Hammer or Yawgmoth super badly. And I enjoyed Yawgmoth when I did play it. I just, I don't know if, I, I again, I haven't played Modern in, in quite a while because I've been focusing on Pioneer and Standard, but I don't know how good Blue-White's been doing. Um, have you seen Blue-White do pretty well, Xavier? If so, I'd probably just jam that, honestly. <coughs> this past week in the Top 8, we had one uh, Blue-White uh, control player at the Leyline Binding uh, control, you know, with the different color lands. Was he playing Ren? really good. Uh, no, he wasn't. Okay. He ended up uh, beating Jody Keith. Um, went on. He did. He did pretty well. Very nice. Top four overall. Yep. So I mean, realistically, I'd probably just jam good old blue light control and modern too. I mean, it's just that's that's what I know to do, man. I just know how to sit there and say no and eventually resolve the Teferi. Play permission. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's I don't know. I feel like losing on control. It's just. I feel like I actually learned something half the time and not just... I, I cannot blame it on, oh, I drew shitty. You know? It's like, you know, oh, I fucked up. I should have waited and encountered this instead. Or maybe this thing wasn't as threatening, so maybe I should have waited, waited to save this removal spell, you know? Oh, I wrath at the wrong time. It's like... Yeah, I'm bad at playing control because I don't have the like the age-old saying of my life totals of resource in my head. Fair. It just, like, doesn't exist in my brain, so... <laughs> I'm just like, oh, threat? Kill it. Sweet. <laughs> See ya! <laughs> Literally. That's fun, though, man. I'd also, much ra- I'd also much rather just play combo decks, because they're fun. 
And they're faster, <laughs> man. People yeah. don't talk about also, that Also, don't like sitting... Yeah, I don't like sitting at a round... Like, I played... I think I played Control in one large tournament ever. And I told myself I'd... Oh, twice. It was the RCQ yeah. where Xavier <laughs> said it was a mistake. <laughs> and there was also an open one time where I played... Where I played uh, Esper Control. And I was like, no, I never again. And then... Uh, I mean, until this day, I still haven't played a Control deck in, in a large tournament. Uh, I don't consider it, Grixis Delver back in the day in Legacy like to be a. That's a tempo deck. deck. I guess it kind of was. That's a tempo deck. Yeah, but <clears throat> yeah, but I mean that's the closest thing I think after that. So fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, that's our that's our deck choices uh, for this weekend. You know, and uh, we're gonna be asking this question every week. So uh, we'll see how our uh, opinions change as you know the metas go and tournament structures change and. And so forth. So I guess before we end off the episode, guys, do you guys have anything else you'd like to talk about? Uh, I would say check us out on Twitter at Team Metamorph. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, we will be uploading every week pretty much. So Every Friday. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there, you know. I'm just going to have a nice little plug for the team. Bang. Um, and, uh, yeah, good luck, Xavier, on Sunday in the RCQ. It. Yeah, man. And Hope you crush it. You guys want us to talk? There's something you guys want us to talk about, or if you want us to play some matches, or to see how we play, or whatnot. Uh, by all means, just comment. Uh, if you see it on YouTube, or uh, just find us on Twitter. Uh, Team Metamorph. We're very open. We'll probably do anything within reason. So, if y'all have any requests, please hit us up. And uh, once again, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, B Money and Xavier, for taking time of your day to. Uh, go over this and uh yeah we we look forward to seeing you guys next week awesome bye everybody all right see you peace